and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. today's episode, we'll be discussing Accidental Death of an Anarchist. We saw this production at Sheffield Playhouse Theatre on the 29th of September 2022. Accidental Death of an Anarchist is a play by Italian playwright Dario Fo that premiered in 1970. This production is adapted by Tom Basden. Considered a classic of 20th century theatre, it has been performed across the world in more than 40 countries. The play is based on the 1969 Piazza Fontana bombing. So Stephen, what's it all about? An irrepressible, shape-shifting fraudster known only as the Maniac is brought into police headquarters just as the officers inside prepare for a judicial review of the accidental death of a suspect while held in custody weeks earlier. Unable to resist the opportunity to hold court, the maniac dupes the police into performing a farcical recreation of the incident, exposing the absurd corruption and terrifying idiocy at the heart of the system. But first, our post-show opinion! Amazing, crazy. Fast-paced comedy genius. So with all that said, let's set set the scene. So we find ourselves, Richard, at Sheffield Playhouse. Yes. Which is part of the Crucible, isn't it? Yes, it it is. It's underneath the Crucible. Yes. Or at the side. It's in the same same building. Yeah. And uh, this is my first time of going there. And uh, was it yours as well? It was my first time, yeah. yeah. It's... um, like an, an intimate space, a very small space at that, not a full theatre, yeah. but just, uh, I suppose, to trial new plays or yeah. new productions. Definitely. Or, you know, And it makes sense because yeah. it it's almost it's almost a cube in the way it's designed because yes. it's, you literally got um audience in an L shape. So you've got people down both sides of the, the stage, staging area, shall we say. So I think yeah. it's more of a... It probably becomes a semicircle. Very, it's almost thrust in the way it's designed. It's just that you, your audience are both sides yeah. of the, the stadium of it, although which I the, find quite. Although it, it never saw the other side of it, so whether it's got seats on the other side as yeah, well. Yeah, it's very hard to understand. The yeah, way they're very never, screened off very well, so you don't. Yeah, know it, I mean, it, it, it could have been it in could an, be in the round. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah just not just quite never sure really, Couldn't really tell. Yeah, it would have been ideal for a brief encounter if it was totally. But yeah. anyway. I digress. So, well, let's just start at the beginning and it's set very the good scene. Place to start. Exactly. So, Richard, would you like to describe the set for Accidental Death of an Anarchist? Yeah, so when you walk into the playhouse, they didn't really hide anything of this production. You were basically in a you're basically in a police building, one of their office blocks, one of their interview rooms. It's quite quite a spacious interview room, and probably on a, a high end top, like third or third or fourth floor of the building. So you could you could equally see out of the window. You could see another another tower block out of the window. So you were you're just presented with simply two doors, fluorescent light tubes above on the stage. In it was it was done very. Almost like I'd say. Well, you said a cube earlier, yeah. and that's exactly what yeah. it was. They it's a cube it with a the cube. walls that have been taken away, really. Yeah, two a, walls. Two yeah. walls. So you taken saw away. the ceiling. 
Yeah. Uh, it was very detailed yeah, in terms of everything yeah, they put very. in a typical office which you would find, as well as the carpet. Yeah, totally. And um, you know, like the two tone squares. Was, yeah, it was proper proper tiled carpet yeah. and um, like replaceable if 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 they needed to. And there was at the back there was just a little like almost office at the back that you could go into using a door and there was just a filing cabinet a window and and you could see other windows and then just chairs and a, t- and a couple of table and a table really and a bench so it's very simply put together but it felt real and it felt like it was that police interview room and everything yeah, I mean, viewing it, you would actually think it was an office yeah. that had just been ripped out yeah. of a building and yeah. put on stage. Yeah, it felt like they just borrowed one from somewhere and just plonked it, plonked yeah. it in. And it helped, I think, by having, because it was on, um, it helped having the LED lights around the outside yeah. to make it look like a cube. Yeah, and to give the effect well, of that's the, the edge of the, the stage as well. Yes. It was like it bordered the whole the whole piece, so you, it looked like the, the framing of it. And that's basically what we're sort of looking at we're like a, a voyeur, voyeuristic looking at like a peep show of like what, big brother like watching a, a just a room that in, was yeah, just yeah with people on the wall and everything was almost like a pale blue wall that you know there was nothing on the walls everything was there was a whiteboard and and a few other bits like your normal notices in those rooms so you'd got your fire fire notice to say where your fire exits were and and just to show there was even an air conditioning unit on the ceiling on the wall and stuff like that to show that yeah all that details but also on what one of the doors they had a window just above it yeah but it was set back yeah with files just on top of that yeah that they didn't have to go to that much detail and to be honest they never they used them they no. never used these things but they were there for the they didn't the for windows there no, no they didn't need to but it was it showed you that it's like the, the the fluorescent lights they didn't just put fluorescent lights on the ceiling they didn't just put one no and they hung them from above yeah so they were on cable tracks and they created they brought the stage down to the space that the performances were happening mm. But it didn't feel out of place. It all felt part of it. I thought this was a really good set. To be I honest. did. Yeah. And all we saw at the start when we walked in was the words "accidental death of an anarchist" projected across yeah, those the, walls the curtains. onto the actual walls in the in the building itself. In the on the on the oh, that's when they opened. Yeah, the curtains. When they opened, before the curtain when the curtains yeah. when we walked in, they were all yeah. projected. And then they when they shut the curtains in the interval, they projected the same on, the, right. on the actual the curtains. Now let's talk a little bit about the production itself. You've never seen this or heard of this play before have you no it was my first first hearing and seeing of this production really so i'd never never seen this or what did you make of it because i um i saw it performed at university and i uh, I got the script book myself so i i I knew it was i think helping that i'd never seen it and i'd got no preconceived idea of it i thoroughly enjoyed it and Mm. i thought it was really well done and to be fair this was a punt we didn't we didn't we hadn't really planned to go and see it until it was a pretty we booked it on the day we yeah we were going to see it and it was on the very last minute yeah for some reason i thought we weren't available to see it yeah because i knew it was it was on the on the cards but for some reason i thought i was working and we couldn't get to see it and because it was sheffield we might not be able to get yeah and then oh that's right i saw on instagram caroline quentin had been to see it and thought oh yes of course it's on oh yeah. free tonight yeah and then we just it just happened yeah and it actually helped because it i think it was a six o'clock performance and it was a it was an earlier start yes it was a, it wasn't a, which was quite oh, handy was it a seven it, one well, seven o'clock it was an early yeah, no it was an early start that's yeah right, yeah, but, yeah. but it was actually good because it was an earlier start because it meant we got a chance to get home in time 
song. Yeah. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought we'll talk more about cast later, but I do, I do think that a production like this needs the right people involved in the entire production, and I thought they, they really did it well. Yeah, and it's, it's a really good farce, and it's been updated as well Yeah. for modern times which yeah. uh, it just helps it's you wouldn't think you wouldn't notice it no you wouldn't think nothing that, about so, it this felt is modern original and that's or like, old or you know. yeah yeah you wouldn't no i don't know what i mean to i say think we there. talk about productions aging and however old this yeah, it was is like seamless it is like very realistic you now did not feel that's what i mean yeah, yeah it didn't feel like it was an old production with things added on yeah it didn't it didn't at all and, you know it felt it, like this was a new yeah, piece of really writing did. yeah you did, yeah. If you if you like me being new to it, you wouldn't have even considered it being of a different time or a different age. Yes, uh, Tom Busden, who adapted it from uh, Dario Fo and um, Frank Arame or France Arame, did a really good job. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now let's talk about the direction here. I mean, I was in awe. Yes. of the direction of this because what I will say is any farce or any any comedy production has to come from a place that is with total commitment from the director and the cast because to make it this level we're talking noises off level we're talking oh, at the level yeah. of production and, and performance well, of, this, I suppose it's like um, classical farce isn't it is it, really it is but it, but to do classical farce you have, have got to take it serious it's mm. not a matter of it's not a matter of it's, oh, it's comedy we can make it funny we can enjoy doing it no you've got to hit every note and you've got to hit every part of those jokes or those these little tiny little minutes of performance it's got to happen otherwise it isn't funny and it isn't exciting and it isn't on edge or i think you know. the pacing also helps as well keeping it at one thing after yeah. another constantly moving constantly going and i think the moment anyone drops the ball or yeah um it goes a little stale that's when you sort of um step out of the position in timing stops. all the things where a person has to be in that place at that time otherwise that won't work and it's mm. little tiny things and it's not always about what they say it's about what they do and i think that's just as important and this was a master class in how it to really was I, it. i'm struggling to actually um i'm, I'm struggling to praise it for specific things because everything about it was just brilliant i think it's one of those you've got to Do see you know it to believe it you've yeah got to, you've got to be in the room to see how good and i think it was. It's, a, it's probably a bit stupid of me to to say it, it, was, it was brilliant just for directing and stuff but it just it felt so natural and so normal yeah that i suppose after viewing a couple of plays that we have yeah. seen it felt unnatural for it to be perfect yeah exactly. <laughs> that, that's where i'm i was sort of at with it viewing well, this i felt like you'd you'd got your own one chair you got your own however no matter how many people in the room yeah i'd got a chair and i was sat on that carpet in that room watching i felt like i was in there and i think that helped with the main character talking directly to the audience it like gave that pantomime-esque wink to the audience yeah. that they're in on it well but, it brought you in it, and it, it had to do that yeah. because of through the character yeah as well because he was playing a schizophrenic who who, like, who talked to himself talked to himself talk. and this that and the other yes. he could do that and it was very clever because not once did the others break that wall no only he broke the fourth wall and that was why it made it even more inviting as a person watching it because you were like you brought in and, and you, you were knew, on his side and you knew he was causing chaos and he yes. was dipping in and creating things happening and he just looked at you and just nodded or winked and mm. even right up to the interval or the, the days the time when the curtain shut and you know there was still a nod and a wink 
wink and a, and a nudge and it was like you can laugh at this you can enjoy this and you know it was all the way through just yeah it, it totally engaged and it's based off real events as well yeah. um for those who don't know and i think it brings out the the stupidity of the police force and, yes and all that and i think that's why it showcases that because you're following the actual oh, i can't think of a guy uh, not the actual actor but the actual the main character there yeah let's say uh in this instance we'll just say it was a uh, daniel Rig- rigby who played him and you could accept him being eccentric and doing all these buffoonery things yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and different characters or whatever you because he sort of welcomed you into yeah. his space like that but you knew there was like a nod and a wink because he, he was showing up the stupidity of the police yeah and we all know that even to this day how i think i it's, won't go I down think, that route but i you, think you know what I mean? they think it's more the fact as well of how somebody who can be so clever can fool a room of people by yeah. the way they talk or confuse or you know it's how you manipulate a room and it's like it's very interesting because you see it in big brother you see it in in You're office spaces how or, they are. yeah and you see it in you see it in big corporate meetings or you hear of these stories where the people at the top trust the people below them that much that they could tell them anything mm. and they believe it and i think it's it shows about hierarchies of organizations and not just the police but a lot of that that and, world, and, all, and also you know. uh, passing the buck. Yeah, exactly. Something's gone wrong. Oh, it wasn't it's, me. I it's somebody, the other else. Way. It was somebody else. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to blame put, put the blame on somebody else, and and that's what this exposes. Because on the deep level, it, it it looks into that that people are gullible, mm. you know, and they will believe things they're told. And you know, if somebody is clever and very specific, they can change that, you know. And I think mm. that's where this that's where this I mean, writing of this is phenomenal, really. Is there anything you'd like to say about? the the writing uh, richard i feel that this was written by a bit of a genius really because i don't know if the adaptation clouds what what was originally written but i can't feel that it does because there's so much content in no this. the, the a- adaptation would be just updating it yeah exactly but the original but the, the the concept and the construction i mean i don't think you could write something like this again and not it not be or shall we say i can't see another writer not taking reference from the way this is written if they write something themselves i think it's very difficult to match this in in style of writing really because yes it's a pure farce but it's really clever in Mm. that there's so many twists and turns and things going off that you could easily watch it again easily pick things up from the writing you could easily think i didn't hear that last time or i didn't hear that last time and i can get it because there's there's so much in it that's fast paced there's so much in it that goes off there's you know the cast just purely picking up the script will go oh my god we've got to do this Mm. because it's almost like two plays in one because it moves that fast there's so much content moving on to our next segment now as we are I just want to give a great big shout out to Daniel Rigby who I'd seen him in a uh, a BBC series in 2007 called Lilies and yeah. he was he played this um, wonderful character who'd just uh, been to war and come back. Yeah. And um, I think his storyline would have been that his character was was gay. But it only lasted for one series. Yeah. And it was written by... Oh, I can't think of her name now. But she went on to do brilliant things. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter, not from where I've seen him from, but I knew he was like a competent and really good actor. Oh. I'm awake. <laughs> I knew he was like a really good, uh, competent actor. But seeing him in this... I appreciate just 
how much of a versatile actor he is because he just did more than what I thought. I just thought he was pretty brilliant. Yeah, I to think... have stage presence and uh, to command the stage as he did. Yeah, and just take control and be the leader of that show. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's one thing to play a silly, funny character, but then it's another to play ten to fifteen silly, funny characters within that when they're playing so many different parts and changing and being almost all the all the theatrical references you saw in it when he was acting with different voices different characters different this then all of a sudden looking at the audience acting acting to the audience then doing another thing then changing just putting a wig on and just changing yeah. you know everything he was doing was so well put together that it was just something that he he must felt schizophrenic when he was at home trying to learn it because <laughs> because he very must, energetic, he just so very... much so much commitment to yes. the actual character and i think that that then helps the rest of the cast act because he's filling the gaps for them so they don't even have to worry that he's not going to be where he needs to be he's just there he's done it you know and i think even from the falling off or trying to get off a bench to to then writing on walls or, oh you that know, reminded was... me so much of sort of like a uh, a sort of a step to and son you're talking yeah. like spike milligan sort it of was old-fashioned comedy yeah just... it was two ronnies it was all the yeah other things. It, it, was it was like that kind of um like, comedy wasn't it yeah it was total like you know everything that you saw was all of a sudden he just he, it's like he, he could click a finger and become somebody different or he could he'd see something on a table and he'd just become something different and it was just like you know and then he was sat on the windowsill trying to jump out the window and all those there was loads of things happening that you're just like oh my god you must have been exhausted at the I, end I of think this. also what helps is maybe because of when it was written it it has that sort of comedy aspect to it yeah and that style of comedy and yes. I think perhaps either there'd been a fan of that era comedy yeah to incorporate it in this world. Yeah. And I think, I think as well, think this this also felt there. like you're almost watching something that had been made as a comedy production on TV where it was that well put together, you were like fixed. And and I think there was, you know, every actor on stage had the right volume, they had the right performance. They all they didn't play up to the they just performed right. It didn't feel like anybody did there was no there was no bad egg in this performance at all no i think there might have been a little bit of corpse in but i think that was like when they were trying not to laugh at yeah. something i can't remember now whom that was it was very slight it, was, it yes. wasn't there wasn't anything that you you know but then but that you means can get you away should, with it in there you're watching it live you know yeah. that it's live so you know people yeah. will react in that way well what else did you uh, enjoy about this uh production was i mean from, memorable moments yeah i mean the memorable moment is i'll never look at a big chunky black marker again in the same <laughs> way because at the start of this production it starts with blue pale walls that i talked yeah. about and by the end of it it becomes a crime scene and uh and that, uh, everything's been graffitied on everything's been everything's been changed everything's been used as a note used i mean one of the things i would say is one of the things that did make me laugh tiny little attention detail we started on floor three and yeah. then we went up to the next floor to look to be to do an interview and simply the black marker pen came out crossed the number three out written a four on the wall 
to just to show that we'd moved up floors and the window <laughs> yeah. the wind this the scene out of the window was basically like a roller blind so yeah, all you saw was the roll it down so it looked like the room was going up and it was and he did it, that on it, stage it, didn't he, he did it on like, stage as part of it yeah. and it just it, it added just to the humor added to well. the humor it set the scene for the next scene and then we were back into the the mix of the whole production being being hilarious but it was like the, the whole room was in a, was a lift and it was just yeah. just really cleverly done but then everything was done with precision even though it was like graffiti style it was smiley faces on places and it, it just, just... It, it gradually became absurd yeah that the more you went along with it it and was believed the chaos everything. and the things that started to happen towards yeah because the then it, it, like you say it was it was writing on the walls and then he kept doing more of that yeah and then they, they did like this um italian opera for the interval yeah. and then reenacting the crime scene or the interview scene yeah i'm believing that and then to the point where just out of the blue he smashes his head through the wall yeah exactly and that and was you through... turned to me and said what i know and that was through the the health and safety sign on the wall yeah. that was basically a fake bit of wall that was already there waiting for him to do that so they must have printed one out for every night yeah. to fill that space just to create that moment and it came and nobody, out of nowhere though yeah nobody was expecting it no i couldn't remember it ever be in the script i mean it probably was yeah it's been a long time since i, I read it but that just as you say just came straight out of the blue and it's like oh what next i mean because obviously at the end of this he jumps out the window and kills himself doesn't he so the, 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 well well does he or doesn't he, he comes back in he does. Well, they're spoilers. Yeah, but they're spoilers. But on the on leaving the production, character. on leaving the production, they did have the the project. There was on all the screens where the posters were and everything. They did announce that since 1970, there's been over 3,000 deaths in police custody in England and Wales. And it was it was almost that it was just trying to point out mm. that these things do happen in real life. Where because what actually this is talking about is somebody before this production had actually jumped out of the window and killed themselves so this was the whole premise was to you know it was just highlighting that there's an issue yeah. and that's just a deep moment but i think that i think it so shows that yeah i think it, the issue was in another country but i think they they bought facts and figures for this country yeah yeah but yeah i think it was a bomb thing yeah yeah because yeah, he had his bomb in his big biscuit tin then ball bomb biscuit bombs ball bomb biscuit bombs yeah Moving on to our next segment. What the tech is this? So, Richard, we've talked about strobe lighting and aspects of the lighting, but is there anything technical you want to bring up about this production? Yeah, I mean, it was very general cover and very fluorescent lit, as in it was meant to be in an office, so they they kept it very bright, very stark, very white. There was no, you know, there was no, not really any specials until after the interval when they filled the room with smoke and did almost Bohemian Rhapsody scene, where, you know, to open the second half. And that was completely absurd. That was, this is when we knew we were going down to complete absurdities. Yeah. There was a club scene where they, they, created the feeling that we were in a club so you know and it, it, it was a lot of strobing and flashing lights like yeah. you say um but overall it was all pretty much general cover there was a few projection used there wasn't really any sound effects i don't think apart from some road noise mm. and a few uh, phones ringing yeah. and things like that it wasn't really anything there was nothing over the top and i don't think this needed it to be fair because no. it was too fast-paced to have to have got anything else in yeah it was very much done by what was on stage and who was on stage and what they were doing at the time so yeah and i am actually pleased that um we got to see it 
and uh, I was hoping it would tour for 2023 and it and it is now I see so yes that's good so whenever this goes out if you listen to this make sure you go and see Accidental Death of an Anarchist yeah totally and it's worth every every penny that you pay absolutely now there well I think we've uh, tied to that little bit of yeah. technical info up there wasn't anything much I could say about that either rewind rewatch our little new segment where we've See a little aspect of the play again, if we'd like. What would you uh, review and rewatch, Richard? That's a good question. I think for me, it's got to be the build-up to the end of the first half, first act. Okay. Because that's when the chaos and the absurdity starts getting more and more deep. It's not necessarily a specific moment. I think it's just that last sort of 10, 15 minutes where it's all starting to get mm. crazy. And then he just pulls the curtains to and puts his head through the curtains and and mm. sort of says see in the second half and you're like oh my god yeah what have you just watched and i think that it leaves you wanting more and i think that was the that was the key thing for me yeah i agree there but but the whole thing for me yeah i'm uh, gonna have to say there's not one particular scene i would specifically watch again out of context no no i know what you mean so i'd have to just watch the whole lot again i think but, it doesn't it, it wouldn't it wouldn't i think just, the bit there where he's trying to piece the puzzle together and yes. starts writing on the wall yeah. i suppose i could say that was a good scene to yeah. um recapture but again out of context i, I just i'd want to watch yeah. the whole thing totally you know so that i think that's just how good this performance this production and this show story is totally agree Call this a show. Scores on the doors, then, please, Richard, for Accidental Death of an Anarchist. With ten being accidentally entertained by an anarchist, and one being an accidental death of an audience member. What's it going to be? Well, I can only give it a ten. Simple, straight down the line, ten. For me, I think this play holds up extremely well, even as it's been um, adapted, so it it's definitely up there, so... A 10 out of 10 for me too. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed? An audible shrug of the shoulders? Uh? A slow clap? A pleasant applause? Or a standing ovation? What will it be? I give it a standing ovation and... I'd definitely give it a stand innovation again, and I'd love to go and see it more than once. To that intense standing ovation, ovation, and I would definitely see this again. I, I urge people to go and see this. It's really good. It's a really good play, and really good production at that. Yeah. So well done you, to everyone involved. You won't be disappointed if you saw this again. Absolutely. So there we are. That's our discussion of Accidental Death of an Anarchist. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up, over the next few episodes, we will be discussing The Wicked Lady, Mousetrap, and The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.